Are we living in the season of the Lord's return? If so, does it constitute date setting to say so? Furthermore, if we are living in the season, what is the evidence? Stay tuned for an interview with one of Christendom's most informed and dynamic speakers on this important issue. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague Nathan Jones and I have one of our favorite Bible prophecy speakers in the studio with us today. He is Billy Crone, who is the pastor of Sunrise Baptist Church in Las Vegas, Nevada, and the founder of Get a Life Ministries. Welcome to Christ in Prophecy, brother. Thank you, Dr. Reagan. It's always a pleasure to be on. Great to have you guys. Hey, you too, this man. Good to uh, see you again. Good to our see Las you. Vegas brother. <laughs> I brought part of my Billy Crone collection, man. Uh-huh. You are a prolific that author. Doesn't even touch the surface. No, <laughs> this is just something. We got the seals here, which uh, you interviewed Dr. Reagan and me on it. Yep. You've got drones, artificial intelligence, and the coming human annihilation. Yeah, no pressure. If there, you look man. in the dictionary on the word prolific, it'll say Billy Crone. Oh my word! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, and each of these come with, with CDs and discs, uh, uh, but. Uh, let's start. We're going to talk about the final countdown series that yes. you made. And particularly, you yes. started with this one here the Jewish people and the Antichrist. Yeah. Why did you start with the Jewish people? Why that topic? Well, why, not, uh, why didn't you start with something like the rapture, for example? Well, uh, believe it or not, I mean, most people don't realize how important the Jewish people is uh, twofold. Number one, in understanding the Bible, period, but in certainly understanding Bible prophecy and future events. And let me explain that. Uh, way back, uh, Old Testament, New Testament, the common thread throughout the Scripture is the Jewish people. And if you get the Jewish people wrong and uh, their, their identity, uh, how that fits with the church, uh, you, you're going to mess everything up, including, again, future events. Genesis 3.15, of course, we have the, the great promise from God after the fall of man, the very beginning, the Garden of Eden, God makes the amazing promise that from the seed of the woman is going to one day come and crush the head of the serpent. Now, now who's that? Well, obviously it's Jesus, but how did that happen? We'll keep reading the Old Testament Genesis, and then eventually you have uh, God raising up uh, Abraham out of the Ur of the Chaldees. And, and what happened from that? Well, that came forth the Jewish people. Who came out of that? Of course, King David, you know. And then, of course, you got the Abrahamic promises, you got the Davidic promises that one from the lineage of David would rule and reign over the whole planet. And eventually, you keep reading through the Old Testament and it promises of the, the coming Messiah. Well, who's the Messiah? Jesus. Well, Jesus was Jewish. The, the disciples were Jewish. The early church before Paul and Barnabas go out in their journeys was all Jewish. And so, our very heritage, our salvation is wrapped up in the story from uh, the Old Testament to today through Jesus. But that's not just that. If you keep reading the Bible, when it comes to future events, it's all about the Jewish people, including the seven-year tribulation. The seven-year tribulation is all about the Jewish people. They're the object of focus, not the church. Uh, The seven-year tribulation is the final week of Daniel's 70-week prophecy. It is the time of Jacob's trouble. Uh, It's not the church's trouble. It's not Peter's demise or Paul's doom. (laughs) Uh, The church wasn't even in existence 
truth for another 570 years later when that time frame was written about as that final week of that prophecy. But even past that. So the church has nothing to do with that because it's about the Jewish people, the future seven year tribulation. But also after the second coming of Jesus, Revelation 19, what's he going to do? He's going to fulfill the unconditional eternal promises that God made to the Jewish people way back in the Old Testament that, that Jesus is going to rule and reign on the planet from Jerusalem, not New York, not Beijing, again, Jewish mindset context, and that he's going to renovate the planet. And then, even after that final rebellion at the end of the millennium, there's the great white throne judgment. And then what happens? The state of eternity. You got the new heavens, the new earth, the new Jerusalem. Again, throughout the whole of Scripture, the Jewish people, past, present, and future, if you get it wrong on that, you're going to mess everything up. Well, and Billy, so we started you, with that. You obviously are confused because. <laughs> The vast majority of all Christian groups on planet Earth today, both Protestant and Catholic, say there is no future for the Jews. God yeah. washed His hands of them in the first century because they killed the Messiah, yeah. and He has no purpose left for them in the end times. And therefore, all those references uh, in the book of Revelation are talking about the church. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, people need to stop listening to the Pope and start reading the Bible <laughs> uh, because that's a lie. I'll say this it's a lie from the pit of hell. Okay. Uh, that's one of the biggest lies that is producing uh, anti Semitism. Uh, not only around the world, right. but even here in America. The and idea the, that the church has replaced Israel. Which again is ridiculous. Again, the church is going to uh, be gone prior to the seven year tribulation. Why? Because God's not done with the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. And how do you get past even passages, even in the New Testament, Romans chapter 11, when Paul deliberately says, uh, basically, church, don't get a big head. You jump over Romans 9 through 11. Yes. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, 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 and that's unfortunately what they do. But he says they're under a temporary blindness or hardness. It's not permanent. God is not done. Now, why is that important for you and I to understand? Because again, number one, people keep trying to cram the church into a time frame that they have nothing to be a part of. And it's about the Jewish people. The seven-year tribulation is basically God's, you know, discipline tool, if you will, to wake up the Jewish people because He's not done with them. That they would see that Jesus is their Messiah. They miss it the first time. They're going to get it and wake up you know, in the seven year tribulation. So it's kind of good news, bad news. But they keep trying to cram the church in there when the church is not the focus. Now, why is it important to understand the different dichotomies of God's plan for the Jewish people that is still in play, even though it's temporary blindness, and the church? Because again, that keeps the church out of the seven year tribulation, which is biblical, number one. But think about it. When people put the church in the seven year tribulation, to me, that's a form of replacement theology. Mm -hmm. Because the scripture says that the Jewish people are the focus of the seven year tribulation, but you're replacing that by saying, no, the focus is the church and somehow you got to survive. Plus, if in fact God made unconditional eternal promises, and he did in the Old Testament. Okay, to the Jewish people, and if arbitrarily you say, nope, nope, he's he's apparently not going to fulfill those uh, because now the church has replaced Israel and it's all the focus on the church, then wait a second, if he didn't keep promises to them yes. that were supposed to be unconditional and eternal, then how are we supposed to, you know, have any sign of security that he's going to keep our unconditional promises Absolutely. eternal? Absolutely, it's crazy. Beautiful point, important yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Well, Billy, I noticed in your book, The Final Countdown in Volume 1, it deals with the Jewish people and the Antichrist. You dedicate five chapters to the temple. Yeah. Why so much on the temple? Well, part of it was we were there not too, uh, too long ago and actually was at the Temple Institute and getting to see these things with my own eyes. Not the temple itself. You but not the temple itself, yeah. but, but the articles that they're making for this temple. Okay. And the reason why the temple is so important is uh, because the Scripture is clear 
that you, you have this event called the abomination of desolation. Again, Daniel talks about that. Jesus talks about that. Matthew 24. Paul talks about that also in Thessalonians. We're basically at the halfway point of the seven-year tribulation. The Antichrist goes up into apparently a rebuilt Jewish temple, Which and he's going exist. to declare himself to be God. Right, and then after that, he's going to. Unfortunately, another Holocaust is coming on the Jewish people. Zechariah tells us two-thirds are going to be annihilated. God's going to sovereignly protect Revelation 12, one-third of them, because again, He's not done with them. But that tells you at the midway point of the seven-year tribulation, there's going to be a temple. So, if that's going to come to pass, then are there any signs right now today that the Jewish people really are preparing for a temple? Absolutely. Yeah, how close are we to that? Oh, man, there, it was... Basically, every article that you can think of is not coming, has already been done. They've been working on this for years, including had uh, three different reports from different rabbis who they even believe they know where the Ark of the Covenant is, and it's not in Ethiopia. They laugh at that oh, thing, yeah. right? Uh, they say they, we know where it's at, and basically, when the time comes, we're going to go get it. They believe it's under the temple. Absolutely. Mount in a Absolutely. Certain vault there. Yeah. yeah. Because but, there's catacombs all underneath the Temple Mount, right? Yeah, yeah. And we went, went under there, and, and you know, basically, we're shown, you know, some people say, well, it's right over there, you know, behind that wall. And, uh, but be that as it may, that they, they've got every article you can possibly think of is done. And they're spending millions and millions of dollars on this. One time I asked them, I said, how in the world are you going to get the temple up quickly? Because they were saying to me, we're going to get that quickly. I said, and they told me, they said, what we plan to do is if we're giving the, the Word today, we'll have the temple up tomorrow. I said, how? Because we were going to set, we'll set up a temple like the Tabernacle of yep. Moses, and then start building the permanent temple around and above it. Yep. But we'll just set up the Tabernacle of Moses. Yeah, they could, and, and I agree with you, Dr. Reagan, too. They, it, you know, believe you me, they're not going to mess around. If they can finally work out a deal, quote, unquote, deal, yeah, what and are get they gonna permission. Do? How are they going to get permission? Because right now there's something very big up there, right? I think, now this right. is just my... To get rid of the Dome of the Rock? No, I think what's going to happen is that it says that when the invasion of Gog and Magog occurs, there's going to be an incredible earthquake. It says all the walls will come down. I believe that earthquake is going to destroy the Dome of the Rock, and the Jews will be ready to build. Yep. What's interesting, too, as a result of the Gog and Magog War is the destruction pretty much of Islam in the Middle East. So. That wouldn't be an issue anymore with Islam keeping control Every of the temple. Every time a war now. breaks out over there, I pray that one yeah. of those missiles are shooting into Israel will land on the top <laughs> of the rock. Yeah. <laughs> well, well it, either way, we know it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, we can yeah. do yeah. conjecture. Yeah. It's, it's going to happen because it's in the seven-year tribulation. That's that's pretty cut and dry. Uh, but again, they've got the priesthood has been trained for years. They even have picked already, believe it or not, a high priest, uh, Rabbi Baruch Kahane. They've already got the high priest. They're already doing the ceremonies again. They're even doing animal sacrifices. The architectural again. plans drawn. It's 3D. You could actually go online right now through the Temple Institute, and, and it's really wild when you look at it. It's surreal because it's 3D animated based on the plans, and you're going like, am I looking at the actual, granted animated, but still temple that's going to be in the seven-year tribulation? Or the menorah that's outside the west. Western wall in a glass yeah. case, you can see the actual menorah that's yeah. supposed to be in the temple. Exactly. I assume that you believe we're in the season of the Lord's return. Well, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we can't be date setters. Uh, I don't care how nifty somebody is with yes. a calculator or how many math degrees you have. And so you're saying uh, that to say we're in the season of the Lord's return doesn't mean you're a date setter. No, you know, it's not. And, and that's uh, common sense. You know, Jesus gives us signs of the time, you know, when it's getting close, when you see these birth pains and these events escalating, and whether it's the signs of the Jewish temple or the Jewish people coming back on the scene and things of that nature, uh, it's getting close. Uh, God doesn't give us the exact day nor the hour, of course, because what would we do? Yeah. We goof off to the very end. 
again. Right? No, seriously. And, and not just for the Christian, but for the non-Christian. Well, if he's coming back, you know, yeah. we know that I, I guess he I better get to save now. Right? It, it, it doesn't happen that yeah, I'll way. Get, I'll get straight with him tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, you, and God knows that, of course. I think so. I think that's common sense. But he does give us signs when it's getting close. So if you're a Christian, you need to finish strong. You need to be about the Father's business. Don't get distracted in this world. Get busy sharing the gospel. If you're not saved, you better get saved now. You know, when people say that uh, God has no purpose for the Jews in the end time, I always think about the fact that Jesus Himself said, I will not come back to this earth yeah. until the Jewish people are willing to say, Baruch Ababa Shem Adonai, blessed is He yeah. who comes in the name of the Lord. I would yeah. say that's a pretty important role on their part. Yeah, well, absolutely. And that's why the Scripture is clear. God is not done with them. But, but the point of us seeing this temple, if we see the logical point, we're not date setters, but if we see this temple being built that we know the Antichrist will commit his dastardly deed, the abominable desolation, in the halfway point, and we leave prior to the seven-year tribulation, we don't know the date or the hour, but man, it's getting close. Our departure, the rapture. Folks, we're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Volume 2 of his final countdown series about modern technology. I'd like to take a moment to invite you to consider becoming one of the prophecy partners of this ministry. Our Prophecy Partners are a team of special supporters who lift us up in prayer on a regular basis and who supply us with the funds that make it possible for us to broadcast our television program. To become a Prophecy Partner, all you have to do is make a commitment to pray for us regularly and supply us with a donation of $25 a month or more, less than a dollar a day. In return, Dr. Reagan will send you a monthly insider letter informing you about the ministry's opportunities, challenges, and prayer needs. With that letter, you will receive a gift each month, like a printed copy of our bi-monthly magazine, a video teaching or booklet about some aspect of Bible prophecy, and each November, a copy of our annual Holy Land calendar for the next year. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, we hope that you will seriously consider returning that blessing, paying it forward by becoming one of our very valued Prophecy Partners. Welcome back to Christ and Prophecy and our interview with Bible prophecy expert Billy Crone. Well, Billy, let's address your second book in the final countdown series, uh, Modern Technology. Yes. How do you see modern technology helping us understand Bible prophecy? Well, I think it's really important. Uh, modern technology, it's almost like a sleeper sign, I call it. Uh, it's something that we're completely immersed in. We take it for granted. Our very lives depend upon it, and we don't even think about it. But it's a huge mega sign that we're living in the last days. Uh, also, I think it helps to dispel the scoffer that Peter talked about that would come. Uh, in the last days, and we're certainly living in those days when people scoff at the Bible. And one of the things they scoff about that he mentions there is, oh, where's the Lord's coming? You Christians have been saying Jesus is coming back for 50 years now, nothing ever Nothing's changes. Changed nothing changed. Excuse me, not when you understand modern technology. Modern technology, when you see things that are happening in our lifetime, including even just the last few years, have everything to do with events recorded for us dealing with Bible prophecy. Uh, Give us some examples. Yeah, some classic examples, of course, uh, would be the two witnesses, Revelation chapter 11. And it says there that these people are going to be, the world's going to be gazing on these two bodies there lying in the streets for three and a half days. Well, stop right there. The Apostle John's writing this approximately 2,000 years ago. And, it, you know, I'm just guessing, but I'm like, he must have been going, how in the world is that going to happen? <laughs> yeah, how can the whole world you and watch I, two people? You and death? I, in our lifetime, right, yeah. what's happened? We could watch anything we want anywhere around the world 
of any event. It's satellite technology. Not only satellite technology, bring in internet technology, yeah, which phones, allows you to stream cameras. cell phones. And those are recent inventions, never here before in the history of mankind, but they're here today, and they allow you to do exactly what that text says. And you brought up the fact that once the world sees the two witnesses killed, they start sharing presents and sending them to each other around the world. How do they do that in well, such a short amount of time? Amazon? Or? Yeah, well, exactly. No, seriously, I really yeah. think that that's all part of it, because you keep reading. It's not just they're watching. The world is so wicked at that point in time that they're celebrating the death of these two righteous witnesses, and that's a whole other topic. But they says there, and they send, and the context is global, they send celebratory gifts uh, over this death of these guys. And you're like, well, wait a second. Again, put yourself back to 2,000 years ago. How are you going to send a gift around the world? And again, the context is three and a half days. It's like, that ain't going to happen. No, but guess is. what? You and I, we can send anything we want anywhere around the world, and not even just in three and a half days. Yeah. You can get uh, third day air, second day air, first day air. <laughs> and then now you mentioned Amazon. Amazon, pff, man, yeah. they beat well, everybody. Drone shows up. You got drones that could drop you know, it off. You can you, do it in an hour or less. You made a humorous comment about John saying, well, I don't understand that. You know, yeah. Well, that's a good point because... Yeah. The prophets did not always understand the prophecies they were writing. Daniel gets to the end of Daniel in chapter 12 and says, Lord, I don't, I don't understand these things. What do they mean? He says, cool, it's not for you to understand. Exactly. And he told Jeremiah the same thing. You will be understood when the time comes for it to be understood. That's one of the reasons we know we're in the season of the Lord's return. We're understanding yeah. prophecies we never understood before. Exactly. Which tells you, again, modern technology, when you pay attention to everything we take for granted, Technology, broadcasts, all kinds of things, the internet, Let, computers. Let's take one of those prophecies, for example. In the book of Revelation it says that the, that the uh, false prophet is going to make an image mm -hmm. of the Antichrist that will seem to come alive. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. We Tell us whole, about that. We have a whole section dealing with uh, hologram technology, not just hologram technology. Which is amazing. But three, <laughs> 3D hologram technology. In fact, it's so commonplace, and people don't even put two and two together, unfortunately, because they're not reading the Bible and certainly not studying Bible prophecy. But you're going, wait a second, first of all, it's an image, and it's an image that apparently has a global outreach, and it's an image that can speak. And cause anybody, if you don't do what he says, he's going to give an order and you're going to die. And you're they like, what? what's going they on? There? And they worship it. But listen, what's going on today? What's the latest rage? Uh, in the world is they're bringing not just singers back, but dead singers back. Uh, Michael Jackson, Tupac, Elvis, Frank Sinatra, of course we live in Vegas, and they're <laughs> literally bringing them back on stage. They look totally real. It's just an image. But people, they, what do they do? They worship, ah, oh, these idols, crazy. right? And, and politicians are using the same technology. And you put all that together and you're going like, Man, these things can be broadcast all around the world. And you're going like, man, even that, even the image that's mentioned there, uh, certainly uh, we have the technology to pull off a global event like that. It's, it's amazing. But i, I got to share one thing. We have one whole section there on, on just on this baby right here that people take for granted. Oh. One whole message on just the cell phone. What's this got to do with Bible prophecy? Well, think about it. And what I draw from is certainly Revelation 13 and Matthew 24. Revelation 13 tells us that the Antichrist and the false prophet that they're basically at this point in the seven-year tribulation micromanaging the planet. Mm -hmm. Because it says there that uh, they're going to uh, give out an order, you worship this image, or you take this mark. If you don't do it, you're not only going to be shut out of the system, you can't buy and sell, but you're also, you're going to die if you don't worship, right? If you don't worship this image, you're going to be killed. Now, you put yourself on in the, the in Matthew 24, it, it talks about people who followed uh, the followers of God, that they're going to be hated and, and persecuted, they're going to be killed, and you're going like, well, wait a second. So, 
how is the Antichrist, when he gives the order, worship me, you know, whatever, uh, how is he going to know who, in, and it's a global basis, anywhere on the planet, whether somebody said, I'm not going to worship you, yeah, or whatever. That's a good question. And then not only, not only know uh, who uh, chooses to not worship him, but he, he's going to give an order to take them out. And you're like, so you got to not only know who said yes and who didn't, you got to know exactly where they're at in order to go and find them and take them out. Right here. This baby that we pay for right now, it's coming out, it's secular. This thing is not just a cell phone. This is the world's biggest big brother tracking listening device ever invented in the history of mankind. I remember a few years ago uh, reading about a, a criminal in New York State, in New York City in fact, who had committed a crime and he sent a, he a kidnapped somebody. He sent a photo of the person he had kidnapped to the police. <laughs> he didn't know the photo contains all the information about where he is located. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, exactly where he's located. Well, exactly. In fact, we <laughs> expose that right now, these are the easiest devices anybody around the world can hack into your phone. And it isn't just to get your data, which we store on here, our financial information, personal information. Emails, uh, photos, uh, you know, but at the same time, they can access the microphone on this, and this thing can become a bugging device. They can tap in and listen. And this is, we demonstrate this. This is not, this is not uh, wackyjoe.com, conspiracyguide.org. <laughs> I hope those aren't websites, but uh, this is in the news. They're admitting this that they can turn, and, and no light comes on, no nothing, and all of a sudden, this thing where, and you take it, and everybody's got to have one, yeah. even kids. And they know where at and all times. And they can listen in. And it's not just listening in. We also demonstrate they can turn on the camera. See, and they could, so they can listen, they could watch anywhere around the world. Now again, go back to Bible prophecy. How is he going to know if people obey or not? Everybody's got a phone. He'll know exactly I hate every to turn conversation. Turn my GPS on. I have to in case I lose my phone, or exactly. if I'm on a map trying to find something. Right. But when I turn it on. What really bugs me is I'll get a message that says, how did you enjoy your meal at Chick-fil-A? Yeah. Yeah. It knows where I ate. It knows where it <laughs> See, well, and this is a whole other topic. We have another uh, uh, expose on social media, which is also tied in yeah. with the apps and things that you download. But the social media, Facebook, I call Tracebook, because it is <laughs> yes, developing absolutely. massive global profile. You know, uh, and you know, there are over like two and a half billion people have a Facebook account. That's not counting Twitter, Instagram, any of that other stuff. And they're building massive profiles, but it's also connected with this baby. But that's why we expose that they're listening to you in real time on your phone because you're having a conversation with somebody. And we give many examples from secular people. And they're going, yeah, that's kind of funny. I mean, we were talking about mattresses. Next thing I went to my phone, my Facebook mm -hmm. popped up, and here's a mattress from Amazon.com. Yeah, just that, cookies. And that, yeah. it, we laugh about that, but Boy, stop and think about it. That means, that means, it's not a conspiracy theory, your phone is listening to you, it's watching you, and of course they're using it for targeted advertising, which is bad enough. But again, put yourself fast forward into the seven-year tribulation. On a global basis, somebody's going to give an order, you need to worship this image or you're going to die. Yeah, how's he going to know? I'm sitting there in my living room, not me, but somebody in the seven-year tribulation, I ain't going to worship that guy, whatever. They'll know exactly what you just said. Own hey, but it, sorry, Dr. Reagan. The other half of this is not just listening, watching, it's a tracking device. Yeah. Yeah, we actually demonstrated, this was on Fox News and we shared the clip, uh, but they even tested it with the phones. They even not only turned it into airplane mode, they even took out the SIM card 
and they were able to demonstrate, and the guy went around Washington, D.C., and you all see it, you can see the whole thing, and he came back and he put it into a device before it uploaded to the internet. It shut the Wi-Fi off so it had no yeah. signal. So you're thinking, well, they can't track me. They plugged it back in, and as soon as it got an internet signal, they saw it was tracking everything. They, they not only knew exactly where he was, and it even predicted how many steps. It even predicted when he got in and out of the car. Mm. That's with the, the function shut off and the SIM card out. So this is the world's biggest, not just listening monitoring device, it's a tracking device. And you need both of those in play if somebody on a global basis is going to know who worships and who doesn't, and you'll know their exact location to take them out. That's never been here before in the history of mankind, but it's, it's right here, here right now, now and we take sure it for granted. Right. Well, what do you think? I, I got to visit your church, Sunrise Bible Church, because I was at a big convention out in Nevada, yeah. and it was all about technology. And yeah. the big buzzword was artificial intelligence. And yeah. you do have a chapter in here. on You have a whole book, actually, on artificial intelligence. Yeah. Where do you think that's going as it relates to Bible prophecy? Man, that's, that's a whole other can of worms. In fact, we're working on right now part three of Volume three called That's going to be your next volume. The AI yeah. invasion. It's all on artificial intelligence. We touch on a little bit here in the second well, volume. Well, I had a person who didn't like what I was teaching say, told me I had artificial intelligence. Is that what <laughs> artificial intelligence is all about? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> uh, you'd almost wish that when you understand what's going on with that. But that goes back to another modern technology aspect. Daniel 12 talks about an increase of travel to and fro, but also this increase of information. Even the secularists are saying this information, again, we got so much information we don't know what to do with. We have information at our fingertips around the world that people in their whole lifetime, uh, we, that we got more information in one day that they would get in their whole lifetime. It's nuts. Mm -hmm. and, but we have so much information and this information, they're concerned that it's going to develop an apocalyptic event called singularity. And that's their term, not mine. That this, this super, it's going to spawn a super intelligence that's going to improve on itself and that version improve, and it's going to spiral out of control and basically begin to control the planet. Like Skynet from the Terminator movie, it's going to become self-aware? Well, th th there's some speculation with that. But what I'm saying is you, when you look at the global events, when you've got a global economy, uh, a global tracking system, all this stuff, you're building systems on a global basis that mankind cannot handle. So you need, I think AI comes into play, you need to have an, a super intelligence to run that back-end system that's going to control the government, the religion, the economy, and even the mark of the beast system, knowing what people can buy and sell. And that's here today called well, artificial folks, we're intelligence. we're going to have to pause here, but in just a moment, we're coming back and we're going to tell you how you can get in touch with Billy, his ministry, and find out about all the wonderful materials that he has available uh, through his ministry. So hang on, we'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy, an interview of Bible prophecy expert Billy Crone. Hey, Billy, if someone wants to get in touch with you or learn about your wonderful resources, how would they do that? Well, you can go to our website, getalifemedia.com, uh, or you can just search my name, Billy Crone, or you can download our latest app, the Billy Crone app, on your uh, Android or uh, iPhone device and uh, check out about nine years worth of material for free. Well, thank you, Billy, for being with us again today. It's been thank a you, real Dr. blessing. And folks, uh, that's our program for today. I hope our program has been a blessing to you. And I hope the Lord willing that you'll be back with us next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Welcome to my working office. 
I can't begin to express to you how excited I am about this book, The Basics of Bible Prophecy. The book is designed for two totally different types of persons. First, it's aimed at the person who knows little or nothing about Bible prophecy, and thus it teaches the fundamentals of Bible prophecy. The other person it was prepared for is the one who is at the opposite end of the spectrum, the one who is well informed about Bible prophecy and who's looking for a guide to teaching the subject. The book contains 24 brief lessons that are illustrated with charts and diagrams and which contain discussion questions to use with a Bible study group. Bible prophecy can be a playground for fanatics or it can be green pastures for disciples. In this book my co-author and I show how prophecy can motivate people to holiness, inspire them to evangelism, and provide them with hope. You can get a copy of the book with a donation of only $15 or more including the cost of shipping. To order call the number you see on the screen. Call Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time, or place your order through our website at the address on the screen. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.